Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Confidential, the podcast from the National Council on Severe Autism. I am your host, Jill Escher, president of NCSA. And um, as I think I remarked in the most recent episode, we've had a whole lot of requests coming in from listeners for all kinds of topics. And today's episode definitely comes in courtesy of one of your requests. And it was a rather lengthy request. And I want to read to you um, an excerpt of what this mother sent in. And then I'm going to introduce our two illustrious guests who are absolutely first and foremost in this field, absolute heroes um, in this particular um, endeavor. So here I go. Um, this is a mom uh, who is from the Pacific Northwest. Our, ma, our, our son, who is 30, is quite severely impacted with autism, meeting DSM-5 criteria for severe level three autism. He's also diagnosed with intellectual disability, severe language impairment, ADHD, OCD, phobias, insomnia, dyspraxia. He's at risk for elopement. He has a high rate of um, repetitive behaviors. When he was younger, he engaged in motor and vocal stereotypy 90% of his waking hours. But over the years, he has learned to ski, windsurf, paddleboard, mountain bike, kayak, rollerblade, ice skate, skateboard, <laughs> swim, hike, and run. He has run marathons. He ran a 10K race every month in non-pandemic times. He has averaged an eight-minute mile. Um, he is learning to climb boulders, and he took taekwondo for many years, but lost interest in that. He does not do well with team sports because he doesn't understand the rules and he is not competitive at all. He has not taken an interest in baseball, football, or basketball other than to shoot some hoops. All of these sports have been taught to our son using principles of applied behavior analysis and a lot of repetition. Behavioral strategies have been what our son responds to the most. Um, so if you, she goes on, she says, if we break things down into small steps and systematically taught, he he can learn. Um, he does need a partner. He can't engage in any of these sports alone. And this includes a running partner. Sports and aerobic exercise and lots of it are the most important daily activities he engages in for his health and well-being. If everything else was stripped away and he still had sports and aerobic exercise, he would be a happy guy. Sports and exercise are better than any drug we can give him and have made all the difference in his life. Okay, so I think you get a sense of, um, of this mother and her son and why she's so interested in this topic. She wanted us to address sports and um, exercise and outdoor activities in the podcast, which is something we haven't done before. So it is my pleasure to have two people who know more about this topic than almost anyone else in the country. First, we have Sally Bernard from Ascendigo, which is based in Colorado. Hi, Sally. Hi, Jill. <laughs> so good to see Sally Bernard. Um, Sally's also been involved in many things uh, autism related over the years. And Catherine Hayes Rodriguez from Achieve Tahoe, uh, one of the best known um, teachers of uh, children and adults with disabilities in the entire world. Hello, Catherine. Hi. How okay. Well, your audio is not great, by the way, Catherine. So maybe move a little closer to your, your mic so people can hear you. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me now? I can. It's a little better. Thank you, Catherine. Yay. 
Yeah. Yay. Okay. So we are going to, you know, we talk about a lot of hard and difficult things on this podcast, you know, um, whether it's research or whether it's policy, et cetera. Um, but today's nicer because we're talking about something that is for most people really enjoyable and really beneficial in their lives. And what I'd like to do is start off letting people know about your programs. Cause I think a lot of people just won't have heard of Ascendigo or have heard of Achieve Tahoe. Um, Talk about your your programs and kind of um, uh, the, the types of things you offer and um, maybe a little bit about the background, about how your programs came along. We'll start with Sally. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're based uh, here in Colorado uh, in the Rocky Mountains near Aspen. Uh, we started in 2004. Uh, we started as... A, extreme sports camp and we were adventure-based um summer camp um that started out with four uh kids uh for four days and it worked and so then the following year we did more kids and more weeks and now we do an eight-week uh summer program um for summer camps and we've uh branched out. We now do um, year-round sports, um, skiing uh, in the winter, and uh, Saturday programs for local kids. We now do traditional behavior therapy for our local community. You know, we work in the schools, and we have a curriculum. We teach um, citizens like law enforcement and mountain rescue and other entities um about autism and you know um what they can do to support um people with autism and um we have an adult program life enrichment now and that is a day program and we still embed the sports philosophy because our program is morning, it's vocational, doing jobs. And then the afternoon, at least part of the afternoon, um, our participants are going out and doing sports. So um, the genesis of the program, our original summer camps, is um, my other son's uh, neurotypical had many choices for summer programs. Um, they got to go to Maine. To be clear, and, you have a son with autism, severe, yeah, severe so, form of autism, so right? My son with autism, who's now 35, he's, um, you know, uh, um, high support needs, 24-7, you know, care uh, required. And um, so he had really no options. The options for summer program. So this is going back to um, uh, late 90s, early 2000s were either for the non-severe um, end of the spectrum. Um, you know, you couldn't have behaviors, you had to be toilet trained, you know, all those criteria that are that are put in place and still are today, unfortunately. But um, so he couldn't go to those. Um, inclusion really wasn't a word back then. So the the you know the camp the camps for uh, neurotypical kids were you know Bill was not uh, welcome, and um, and then there were some programs and they really weren't very challenging. They seemed like the kids you know and a lot. I don't know. I just 
didn't um, like what I saw in the in the landscape back then. So uh, we started our own program and um, built around, um, you know, the kinds of sports that you would expect uh, being out in Colorado. Um, uh, so that's really the beginning, uh, was to provide the same, uh, activities and, um, you know, um, just, you know, this lifestyle, uh, for someone with severe autism as everyone else has access to. Yeah, that's, that's just incredible. And another thing I want to say is, you know, Sally, are you, you're still on the autism, autism speaks board? No, I, I left, but my husband is on the board. Okay. So, you know, they've been involved, like Sally just mentioned like 500 things that they're doing in Colorado. Right. And on top of that, you know, she has done um, national work as well. I, I'm, I'm curious. I, you know, obviously Colorado is known for its skiing. Did, did your son start skiing at a young age? Did you get him involved early? Yes. Yeah, so I think our guy, you know, he was, um, probably eight years old thereabouts when we started to come out to ski. And um, we tried a few different places and uh, the, the uh, ski pros in some of the, some places just had a hard time supporting Bill. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we came to Aspen to ski and got connected with a ski pro who really seemed to get Bill and uh, they clicked. And so we just started to come back, you know, to Aspen every time we wanted to ski. And then, um, so this was back in 2002. Um, we said, why don't we just move to Aspen? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> what you sports know? can do. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so, funny. Big uh, uh, change from being in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, well. Thanks, Sally. We'll we'll get back to you. But let's uh, turn it over to Catherine to tell us about the incredible Chief Tahoe. And I want to say this hat is actually my daughter's ski hat. I'm wearing in honor of my ski friends um, today. All right, Catherine. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, Jill. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, well. Uh, we just celebrated our 55th anniversary of uh, the original founding chapter of Disabled Sports. In the old days, it was called the National Amputee Skiers Association. And it was formed by kind of a rat pack group of guys who had come back from Vietnam and they were all amputees on Donner Summit. And they formed the first chapter of which now there's, I believe, over 120 chapters in the United States alone. And our program was specifically skiing, uh, only winter sports until 1988, when we got a grant from the federal government to start a summer program. And what is interesting about the evolution of our program from a small group of volunteers to a, a very large program with over 220 volunteers and about 30 staff is that it's very cyclical in nature, the diagnosis that we deal with. It used to be primarily physical 
diagnosis. And in recent years, say the last 10 to 15 years, the cognitive slash intellectual disability, uh, autism spectrum, um, that, that has become prevalent not only in our program, but all the programs across the country. Uh, they, it makes up about 70 to 80% of our participants now. Uh, so it it's really been- And by the way, it's no longer called, well, you know, obviously it started with this, but your, the name has changed, right, for your program over the years, many times. Eight times. Eight times, okay. Eight, eight name changes. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the thing that we always advocated was that, and it's been proven statistically with data through the Forest Service and all the recreation, uh, you know, entities that outdoor sports uh, facilitate independence and confidence, not just going out and having fun, but there's a whole myriad of, of, uh, of wonderful things that happen when any of our skiers, our paddleboarders, our kayakers, our hikers, uh, climbers, when any, whenever they participate in some activity, the benefits it's like an onion. It's it's hard to even classify one layer. It affects the family. I mean, look at you, Jill. Mm-hmm. Look what a great skier you've been. I, I would goodness. never in a million years have even tried skiing if it wasn't for Achieve Tahoe and somebody saying, hey, you should take Sophie to Achieve <laughs> Tahoe. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I agree because not only did Sophie learn how to ride the chairlift and hopefully make some turns here and there, um, but she brought her family along with her and your enjoyment in life is just increased because of your outdoor activities. So that's what we've always subscribed to is the depths of fun. What can actually happen when you have fun? Yeah, this was nice collateral damage here that, you know, yeah. mom got involved. But I will note, dad still has not skied. <laughs> so you never know. One of these days, maybe. Um, yeah, so yeah, Sophie is definitely a, a, a huge um, success story. And I, I can I can talk about that. But, um, you know, I know um, so many families who just live for this, right? Live for Achieve Tahoe and similar programs. Um you know, for example, in the summer, you have a lake program where it's, you know, kayaking and stand up paddling. And uh, what do you call that, that thing on the lake, the motorcycle on the lake, whatever you call that? Oh, a jet ski. Jet skiing. Sorry, I don't remember these things. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's so many, and I know like, like you, Sally, you do a lot of climbing. Um, and so many people just are shocked like I've been shocked to see what Sophie could achieve right on the mm -hmm. mountain. I, I, I hear from family after family, just, they would net, they had such low expectations for their kids and then they find out maybe it takes a couple times or maybe a couple of years that they're capable of a lot. I and mean, what, what have you seen? Like, we'll start with you, Sally. Can you give me some examples of, of cases where you've seen this really help an individual and a family? 
Sure. Um, you know, as you described, um, families will um, en enroll their child, uh, let's say, I mean, it could be our ski program or our summer camp, and um, not expecting very much. And then when they start to see the photos coming in or the video from their, you know, counselor or their ski pro or ski buddy of <laughs> their child, you know, skiing down the mountain and doing turns and riding the chairlift and, um, you know, or, um, you know, climbing the face of a cliff uh, in a harness. And they, they, um, have a, have a, the whole family, your siblings too, you know, they go, wow, you know, um, and so it is, um, the, then the, um, I, I guess the, that the, those, um, raised expectations or, you know, of seeing what your child is capable of carry through to other things. And, mm. um, and also the for the for the participant, um, you know these um, you know as you said, Catherine, there's a sense of achievement and confidence that comes from skiing down the hill or you know rafting down the the, the river, and um, they um, you know there's a spark of life because so much of autism um, is you know, the, you, you know, we're all on the list, there's doom and gloom. And so when you have, you know, these um, times of happiness and joy and achievement, um, it really makes a difference. So, um, you know, there's examples of that, uh, you know, with families and their expectations. I mean, we have, you know, when you co come to summer camp and let's say it's a new, participant, I mean, this is challenging, you know, uh, transitions, new places, not in routines. Um, and so, you know, sometimes uh, there are, you know, the, some ch challenging behaviors surface the first day. And, you know, our team is incredible. You just work through it. And, you know, our camps are five-day camps. Some people come for two weeks. Um by the second day, like they, these kids, I don't care how severe you are, you, it, you kind of, the light bulb goes off and they get it. And then it's like, they're loving it. So it's kind of, I think with anything with autism, there's like this inertia, you know, around flexibility and change. But if you can break through it, then, you know, our kids go to the next level. Yeah. Um, yeah, Catherine, I want to I want to ask you about that, but also, yeah, I do want to admit something. I have two kids with severe autism. I've brought one skiing twenty times. The other one, I've never brought skiing, right? Because I am still in that place of fear about him, um, and also doubt about my ability, right, to handle getting him there. You know, getting his feet in boots or whatever it may be. Um, now, you know, I that I'm sure there are many cases and I want to get back to that where it doesn't work out right where the kid is too hard and the parents can't make that you know commitment right to to bring him to to a program um but Catherine like what what have you 
seen? Like, can you, you I mean, I have, I have friends. I mean, I, I got to tell you, like, and you know, you know, these friends, like they have twins with severe autism. One is blind and autistic, right? Very significantly autistic. And this kid can ski. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guys are out there. I see you guys out there with him. And he says, you have a vest on. He says, blind skier. And I think everybody's just floored, right, that he can do this. Yeah. And he's a good skier, too. Yeah. You know, I, I think what's interesting about uh, our students on the spectrum is that it's very often a whole family that comes as opposed to perhaps uh, an amputee or a person in a wheelchair, maybe show up with their their spouse or their sibling, but there's a lot of families involved with this population. And um, I think the the thing that I am most happy about is kind of like what Sally was talking about is the development of a new side of their personality where a great example is this, this mom called and said, well, my daughter has severe autism and we want her to come and ski in a sit down ski. So you can just give her a ride on the mountain. And our, uh, our head uh, gal, our administrative said, no, that's if she walks, she's going to stand and ski. So, and, and the mom's like, there's no way that she could do. She doesn't take direction. She's nonverbal on and on and on. And so she was encouraged to come and rent skis and boots. And the uh, family kind of backed out of the lobby and, uh, the wonderful instructor and his assistant were able to get her boots on and walk her around in the snow. And by the end of the lesson, she was making laps, probably eight or 10 laps on the bottom beginner chairlift. And the family was astounded. Mm -hmm. They were just flabbergasted, tears rolling down. Oh my God, I never thought I'd, you know. So sometimes I wonder if, it's that the uh, participant has not been encouraged to do it, or if they are pulling our leg, I really can't do that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes Sophie's like, oh, I'm not gonna make a turn, I'm just gonna go straight. But mm-hmm. she does know how to make a turn mm-hmm. and very well. So she kind of strengthened her personality uh, through the sport of skiing, I like to think. Well, I, I can show a clip on my phone when we're, when we're done of our, of our most I mean, recent exploits. I mean, yeah, she, she is pretty amazing. Um, and although she sometimes scares the, the heck out of me, yeah. but, uh, but you know, I, I, um, I, I will say this first time I brought Sophie to achieve Tahoe, she was on the chairlift and she was so scared that she jumped off the chairlift five feet to the ground. She was fine, <laughs> but it was a little scary. I thought, well, we'll never, ever, ever get, you know, take her skiing. Um, and then one time we got a, a kind of private instructor who just took her poles and just put them across Sophie's you know, waist. And Sophie had to sit in the chair. Um, and then after that, she was fine. <laughs> 
you know, it, they, they have these phobias and they just have to be pushed a little bit to, mm-hmm. to, to get over it. Um, but what about, you know, what about the, the, the clients who come and they just can't, right? It's not, there's not a hundred percent success on these things. What, what do you find? What do you do? Are, are you talking to me? He, I, both of you. This is a oh. general question to oh. both of you. Um, go ahead, Sally. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on. I have thousands of stories. So you go first. I know. Um, I would say, okay, so first of all, we uh, 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 accept or enroll um, children and adults across the spectrum. And um, it's not uncommon to uh, encounter uh, challenging behaviors, but also can, you know, like jumping off the lift. That's a, <laughs> that's a scary behavior. Uh, you know, what behaviors that, that involve safety. And um, we do get uh, participants who will say no. And, but that, you know, it's like everything in autism you know, yes, you respect somebody, but until that person can um, experience what you're asking them to, to do, the no doesn't mean no to to this sport um, or this activity. The no is like, I'm having some difficulties here and the job of the instructor or coach, whatever, is to support that person through that transition. It's just like everything else uh, in autism and a good uh, coach or instructor knows how to do that. And so um, sometimes you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everything, you you know, you when a participant comes, um, whether they've been there before or not, you're, you're doing an assessment and evaluation to start with to see, you know, wh- where, where do I start? And sometimes you have to kind of back it up to do really um, uh, small baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because um, you, you don't know exactly what's, what's holding them back. So um, if you, you know, have a good instructor, you, who, who has been trained, um, you understand, you know, where the no might be coming from. Um, you, you know, every sport, you can do a task analysis, right? You can break it up into chunks, all the components, and, um, you see that where to start with that person. And so, um, the other piece to it is to, uh, what we say at Ascendigo is like, get to the fun as soon as you can, <laughs> because once you get to the fun part, um, then that's where the light bulb goes off and the, and the person is much more motivated to go through getting the boots on, the strapping the helmet and stuff. Um, if they know they're going to get to fun. So, um, we have all kinds of tools in the toolkit to, um, to work around. Okay. Well, maybe this person's, you know, not a skier yet, but we can do things that get, get them on the, the hill in a very supported way. And so to, to get to the fun. And so, um, we have found the success rate to be really, really, really high, you know, that's um, great to know. 
It's just a fact. Yeah. Just even the thought of putting my son's feet in ski boots, you know, scares me. So I'm, I'm glad to know that's encouraging. Um, I will, I will have to, you know, think, think about doing that myself. Um, So anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to do this really fast before we go on, because I just found a little video and Sophie has terrible form in this everybody, but I'm going to show it for our video, our video watchers here. So we kind of see her. This was um, just last month in Tahoe. And she's just sort of, I don't know if you could tell, but she's throwing her poles around. And she's just so happy. Look at her flapping. <laughs> anyway. And she's like, anyway, so that's so, I'm sorry for those of you who are listening on podcasts, but that was Sophie kind of skiing down a blue run. Um, blue means intermediate. Um, run mm-hmm. it, run it Tahoe just, just recently, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know, she just blossomed. It's amazing. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, kind of costs because that's a big deal for people. I, I know when I first started skiing, I found incredible discounts. We skied on the super cheap. We went, you know, midweek, uh, we got, you know, uh, achieve Tahoe has a deal with suppliers for incredible steep discounts. Um, not only on these lift tickets, like it almost cost us nothing to ski at all. Um, we did have to pay for rentals, but those rentals were extremely affordable. Um, um, now we were a little more flexible and we actually bought our own equipment. So it's less, less cheap, <laughs> but it was cheap for a while. If you guys can, can talk to us, cause this is a very significant burden, I think for some families who are going to, and whether it's skiing or anything else, but any kind of remote, um, disability sports program. Uh, why don't we start, start with Catherine? Okay. Um, and I just want to address, uh, what Sally was talking about because, so, uh, you know, our, our participants come to learn a specific sport, right? Skiing or going in a kayak or paddle boarding or water skiing, but what we're all, always tell our people is lower your expectations, accomplish what you can. And, you know, if, if uh, a student comes eight times from a local school group and never puts ski boots on, maybe snowshoes around and plays in the snow and makes a terrain garden, at least they're getting out of the a set structure they've always been in and they're expanding their horizons. So it's not the act of teaching someone to turn left and right. It's the act of teaching them how to recreate. So whatever we end up doing with them. So just to tag on to what Sally said, they don't all have to become proficient skiers. They can become someone who is not in school in a structured environment, they're in a public setting, they're behaving somewhat appropriately and their family gets a little bit of a break while they're in in the lesson. So that's a really important factor, I think. We always strive for independence, but if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. You know, like you said, it's the fun factor. Um, But- Excellent point. Yeah. So uh, we always try to make everything as affordable. Unfortunately, 
um, skiing is one of the more expensive sports. Uh, we, you know, we have a scholarship fund. We get a huge discount on rentals. We don't have our own rental fee, uh, fleet, um, but, you know, we're, we're always willing to work with the, the person or the family in order to make it as affordable as possible. All the local school groups, I think we have four or five, they're on all on scholarships. So uh, it does happen. And if a family can afford to pay our normal regular prices, which are still about one twelfth of what you would pay if you went to the uh, regular ski school or the regular paddle company, um, then thank you for paying that amount of money because it really helps us out. All our fundraising is done to make our activities affordable. Yeah, great. Sally? I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, concur with all of that. The, um, there are ways that you can ski, um, you know, going off, not at the, you know, don't go Christmas week or, <laughs> you know, or exactly. spring ski, skiing week, but go in, you know, the off times you'll get, you know, better, uh, better rates, better rates on, um, the, um, condos or the hotel rooms as well. And um, there, you know, I think, you know, I know Aspen Skiing Company provides us with um, discounted um, equipment or lift tickets, you know, ski pros, things like that. And so, um, and locals here with a disability get a heavily discounted ski pass. So my son has one of those and that's, that's really nice. Um, but, you know, skiing is just one sport. And while I think it's a great sport, um, there are many, many, many sports that um, don't cost very much at all. Uh, you know, hiking is, a, is an unbelievably great sport. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people can get themselves to some good hiking trails. I know if, you know, if you live in a big city, sometimes it's, you know, harder to get out, but usually, you know, within an hour of a city, you can get to some nice hiking trails and um, gives you all the benefits of skiing. You know, there, maybe there's not, you know, that going downhill with the speed and, and everything, but um, you can do quite a bit swimming, is a great sport. Um, you know, almost every place nowadays has an indoor uh, climbing wall. Um, you can, you know, learn on an indoor climb and then, you know, find places that have outdoor, you know, uh, climbing uh, areas. So there are a number of these sports that, um, you know, you don't have to pay a lot of money to do. Yeah, skiing is definitely one one of the more costly. But yeah, those first couple of years, we would do those midweek. We would stay at like this cheapo motel, too cheap actually. <laughs> uh, I have some stories, and um, you know, it cost us just very very little. But yeah, it's it's very um, you know it's, it's daunting. And if somebody goes to camp right for a week, you know that's it has to fly there, right? That, mm -hmm. That's a, that's a chunk of change. Um, but let's talk about like you know we have listeners from all over the country. Um, 
you know, what do you suggest they do to, to look for programs in, in their respective areas? Are you part of any larger networks? Yes. Tell us. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, well, our new, uh, our national organization of which we have well over, a, I don't even know how many, I think it's 128 chapters now, is called Move United. And if you go on their website, there are chapters in every state. And uh, it's a great resource. And you can usually go on the chapter's website and they list uh, they list all the activities and how to access the programs and Move United has scholarship programs and the local chapters usually have scholarship programs. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's... I, We've done water ski clinics and water sports clinics in Mississippi and Tennessee and Louisiana. So it it is everywhere. It's just a matter of finding it. And I, I believe Move United is a great resource for that. Thank you. Sophie just walked in. Here, oh. Sophie. Want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> okay, people. Um, all right. Um, so we're we're out of time. Um, any closing remarks from uh, from either of you before we leave, Sally? I would just say um, the most important thing is to get started. And so the family, it's not the kids, you know, or you know, young adults. Um, it's the family prioritizing. And it's it's like all of us. We know like Americans are like sitting on the couch all the time and we have all kinds of health problems as a result. So, you know, the family's commitment to um, a healthy outdoor lifestyle is, you know, is number one. And um, just get started. I mean, every community has some type of amenity uh, where you can get outside and do something active. And so even going to the playground is a great thing. And so once you get started, um, you know, it's, it just, you know, kind of snowballs and the more you do, the more you do. And then when you don't do your activity, like if I don't get out and exercise a couple hours a day, I feel really bad. So, you know, you just got to start, you know, start small and then expand. Good advice. Any closing words, Catherine? And then I'll give your respective um, websites as well. Okay. Uh, I agree totally with Sally. It's a small step in the right direction. And uh, my older son had many challenges, orthopedic disabilities, PT, OT, speech therapy, many doctor's appointments. It was exhausting. Sometimes we're just exhausted from taking care of our beloved child and the thought of of making that effort to go to the playground or go on a hike may seem like it's just too much. But if they try it one time, I think you'll find a loving community of people that will really care about your family member and provide support to you too, which is what it's all about, love and support. So I say go for it. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Um, this has been super informative. I know we're going to have a lot of listeners who are 
really, really grateful um, for all of your insights and information. Ascendigo is A S C E N D I G O dot org. So just think ascend, like ascend. I go, I go, ascend, I go, ascend, I go dot org and achieve Tahoe, achieve Tahoe.org. And the national organization is move United. So and we'll put this in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, people. Thank you so much, ladies. It was a delight to see both of you, um, your real heroes. And um, hopefully this, this episode will go up soon while it's still winter. (laughs) okay people thank you so much thank you jill thanks for tuning in to autism confidential if you'd like to learn more share an idea for an episode or become a sponsor please visit us at autismconfidential.org the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual speakers Content presented is for informational purposes only, and we do not provide any medical or legal advice.